Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. Good evening, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good because earlier this week I had a bit of a viral hit. I, I know. <laughs> I saw it on, a, on every available platform and I watched it on all of them. <laughs> Did you? Just to, just to make sure it, it, trans- it, it, it translated across platforms? Yeah. Is it shit on Twitter? Nah, still great. It's pretty, it's pretty shit on TikTok. It, it has to split up across a couple of clips on TikTok. If you didn't see it, on Monday I did my own 11 a.m. press conference uh, for COVID and uh, it, it went viral. Now, uh, now I've, just, because so many people have seen it, like 250,000 people have seen it, does this mean I now have to do this every week, Lewis? Um, yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, you have to do it until you get investigated by ICAC and then you have to come up with a reason not to. <laughs> I would love for this uh, podcast to somehow make it into like ICAC or Senate Estimates. Senate Estimates is the one you want. Yeah, there's, everyone's begging for a federal ICAC. I want a podcast ICAC. I want to drag them all there. I want to start with Rogan and I'll work my way down. <laughs> I am wanting to do it again next Monday and the Monday after, So, but I want a sponsor because so many people have watched it. The next one's going to be just as good. Like if, if you're a sponsor out there with deep pockets and you want to pay to be in my 11am press conference, drop me a line, get in my DMs. Yeah, Dan's the new TikTok guy. Uh, I cannot wait to see you at the next anti-vax conference. It's going to be huge. Yes, the TikTok guy, of course. You know he's got COVID, right? Him, him and his father have both got COVID. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, it's one of those like predictable but sad situations. Yeah, if it wasn't so serious, I'd make a whole bunch of jokes about it, but I'm not going yeah. to. Let's move on. Uh, I hope they are COVID-free soon and he can get back to doing what he loves doing best, predicting the numbers of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording my end of a rational fear on Gadigal land in the Yora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 40. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. 
Tonight, in a landmark deal with the US and the UK, Australia is set to get nuclear submarines. The Prime Minister said we're at the front of the queue and we should have the submarines by Christmas. And Phil Gations has finally released his findings from the Brittany Higgins sexual assault cover-up investigation. The top recommendation is some nuclear submarines. And Scott Morrison has committed Australia to net zero French submarines by 2050. It's the 17th of September and be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets. This is a rational fear. A rational fear! Welcome to Rational Fear. I'm your host, former French Navy contractor Dan Illich, and this is the podcast that gives you some floaties as the ship is sinking all around you. And tonight, we have got some great fear mongers to jump in the water with us. He is famous for impersonating one of Australia's most well known criminals, so it's little wonder he is massive in New Zealand. It's the legally funny Heath Franklin. G'day, g'day. Heath, um, uh, have you been missing travelling between New Zealand and Australia to, to do lots of gigs there? I actually missed the first three weeks of Sydney lockdown because I was doing a five-week tour of New Zealand. Uh, so, yeah, coming back here and <laughs> going from sell-out shows to homeschooling, it's been rough. <laughs> oh, it's brutal for the ego. And she's Australia's favourite purveyor of bodily substance-based humour on Twitter, but these days she's so busy writing multiple TV shows at once. It's Nina Oyama. Hello. Nina, uh, I mean, you are so busy writing jokes for proper TV shows. Will you ever go back to cum jokes on Twitter? Oh, well, you don't know what kind of TV shows I'm writing, Dan. They're very... Do you know the other day on the TV show that I'm working on, which is for Disney, um, they said there were too many cum jokes. And that wasn't even my episode, okay? That was someone else's episode. And we had to do a cum pass where we took out all the cum references. I didn't even know The Mandalorian could come. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Baby Yoda, um, he was making snow angels out of the cum. It was, we got in a lot of trouble, so they vetted that. Oh, well. But again, not my episode. So I'm actually not even the most disgusting person in the writer's room, which is weird and rare, to be honest. I mean, you can imagine Disney would love a bit of cum in some of their shows. Like Frozen would be great because you could, you know, make make a serious comment about IVF. Then that's a great thing to go to do right there. And just before you're coming, let it go, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the man that people call the Hamish Blake of public broadcasting. Just as funny, just as smart, does the same job at a fraction of the price. It's Lewis Hubbard. It's actually, I wish that that were true. But you know what? I actually get. You know how everyone in like in showbiz, no matter where you are. You always have like your someone who is a friend, but who is a professional enemy, and you're always you always find mm. out that the job you just missed they got. For me, at the moment, I've been um, getting a lot of jobs that Andy Lee has uh, rejected because it's not enough money. And um, <laughs> let me tell you, the things he yeah. rejects are the most profitable things I've done in my life. I'm looking forward to the new show on Channel Seven, The Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the ABC can afford. <laughs> wow, wow, excellent. Hey, coming up, we speak to the person behind the South African equivalent of Juice Media and we'll ask him, what is Afrikaans for shit fuckery? But first, we have a sponsor segment and we have a special guest with us for the first time to talk us through our sponsor segment. Please welcome to Irrational Fear, Greta Lee Jackson. Welcome, Greta. Hey. Hi, hi, Dan. Hi, hey, everybody. How are you going? Ooh. 
<laughs> this is very unusual. I feel like this has turned into like a, a Studio 10 segment where we kind of. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Moira. Oh, no. Cut the cord now. Which one's Joe Hildebrand? It's dead. Bags not. Bags not. Bags not. As well as being one of Australia's funniest comedy performers, you are a corporate video director. And this month you had to do a job that you never thought you really had to do. What was it? That's right. That's right. You know, comedy can not really be sustainable sometimes. So you got to dabble in a bit of directing. And a lot of the things I direct are corporate videos. So, you know, sometimes when a paycheck's involved, you have to work for the enemy, Dan, you know, if, <laughs> especially if they're looking for your advertising expertise, you know, it's like... You like one day you might tweet about how mining is destroying the planet one minute, but then you know Rio Tinto comes along and offers you some coin. You're not going to say no to push their agenda via video. I was just going to say BHP are going all climate climate sensitive. If they want to sponsor this show, we'd be we talk to them. <laughs> did they actually? Maybe they should do the thing that Christian Porter's donor did, which is just not sponsor it but not talk about it. You know, just say completely yeah. obvious. <laughs> just claim you have no idea where it's coming from. Fair enough, you know. <laughs> And Greta, that that actually that actually ties into your corporate video. It does. Yeah, I just want to share a corporate video I shot earlier in the year. It was a very big deal for the government at the time, but we haven't been able, well, I say we, they haven't been able to release it for a while because it needed some, like, legal edits. Like, oh, legal edits. Uh, like, like, I guess disclaimers needed to be edited in according to legal oh. advice, so it was all above board. And now they're finally, the libs are finally able to release it, and um, it's pretty exciting stuff now that now that it's all above board. I'm really excited to show you this thing because it's it's kind of wild with all the disclaimers that were edited in and um yeah I guess the libs just want to reclaim the female vote that let's just put it that way. God, that's go. not the only thing they want to reclaim that's female. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. That sounds really interesting. Anyway. <laughs> In March of 2020, the women of Australia made it clear that they wanted things to change. Fed up with the lack of government action when it comes to gendered violence, many marched to Parliament House to demand the Morrison government listen to what they had to say. Well, the good news is, we did. Here's some of the many changes the Morrison government made that will benefit all Australian women. When former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins went public about an alleged rape in a ministerial office in 2019, the Prime Minister listened to Brittany. After his wife clarified it to him using his daughters as a theoretical example. And immediately ordered an inquiry into which members of his office knew about the alleged incident so the right people can be held accountable. This report was due in June 2021. It has now been suspended before it could be completed due to legal advice. When a historical rape allegation against Christian Porter was made public, he was immediately stood down from his position of Attorney General and Leader of the House. Christian Porter has been reinstated as acting leader of the House. And in 2018, the Morrison government commissioned the Respect at Work report, which made 55 recommendations towards how to improve women's safety at work. The Morrison government voted against 49 of the 55 proposed recommendations, including changing workplace laws to ban sexual harassment and for employees to have a duty of care to take meaningful action to prevent sexual harassment from happening. With Porter gone, not gone, the Prime Minister created a new women's task force to tackle these problems head on. The Morrison government looks forward to making the behaviour of blokes like Barnaby Joyce, who resigned from his position as Deputy Prime Minister due to sexual harassment allegations, a thing of the past. Barnaby Joyce is once again the Deputy Prime Minister. He has also been appointed to the women's task force. Because the Morrison government looks forward to the future. That's why we're holding the Women's Summit in September of 2021, where the Prime Minister will definitely be listening to what the many speakers will have to say. 
Scott Morrison appointed himself as the main speaker at the Women's Summit. Brittany Higgins was invited last minute by a third party. Ladies, you asked for change and you got it. Not technically true. The Liberal Party. Put your blind trust in us. Supported by Diana Ryle AM for Rational Fear Canberra. That was very good, Greta. Well done. Thanks. Some fantastic voice work too. <laughs> that piece was actually uh, supported by Diana Ryle and she is a fan of Irrational Fear. And this is the first comedy sketch we've done to Irrational Fear as part of our Joke Keeper uh, package. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are a person who loves Irrational Fear, loves the sketches we make, you want to see a sketch made that, you know, you can't quite articulate how angry you are, maybe we can do it for you. We've got a team of people to do it. Jump in my DMs throughout the week and uh, we'll see if we can get you a sketch made as well. So big thanks to Greta and big thanks to Diana Ra. That was great, Greta. Irrational Fear. Death is horrible, but we also need to put things into perspective. There are 8 million citizens who don't have a choice in how they spend their free time. That is no way to live. Your fear is rational. All right, this week's first fear. Now, it was announced this week that Australia is getting nuclear submarines, a trilateral agreement between America, the UK and Australia. It's called AUKUS, which... um, Boris Johnson has actually said it's quite an awkward name. And I agree, it should have been called Orsuck, which is a more appropriate name for a dildo-shaped boat filled with semen. Uh, Scott Morrison declares that uh, AUKUS Pact is a forever partnership, showing that nuclear submarines are basically the grown-up version of BFF bracelets. The French <laughs> government expressed a complete disappointment. They felt like they were deceived by Australia after Scott Morrison axed the $90 billion submarine contract. Uh, Australia cheated us, a French official said. Uh, what are we, your spouse? Uh, and, then he, and then he hit someone nearby with a baguette until their beret <laughs> fell off. Dan, you have to do that accent for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> during these big announcements historically, now, the, now during these, I won't do it. There were 16 people on the live stream and now there are 15. <laughs> There's actually, 18, there's actually 18. It's going yeah. up. There's 19 Dude. now. There's 19. <laughs> oh, the Franco files are in. The French now, naval group these, have joined to complain. Yeah. During these big announcements historically, like presidents have like a habit of bestowing grandiose nicknames upon the leaders they're meeting. Like, do you guys remember when George Bush met with John Howard and called him the America's deputy sheriff in Asia? Mm. Well, Joe (laughs) Biden also had a nickname for Scott Morrison. This was it. Thank you. Over to you, Mr. President. Thank you, Boris. And I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. I uh, am honored today to be joined by two of America's closest allies, Australia and the United Kingdom. (laughs) Uh, Forgetting Scott Morrison's name. Now, should Australia be offended by this? Uh, What do you you think, Fearmongers? Let's face it, Australia... We went through a period where we ripped through prime ministers pretty quickly. You know what I mean? It was yeah, like yeah. characters on Game of Thrones. It's like I'll learn their names if they're still around in a few episodes' time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's like, oh, no, just placeholder. That's what they do with Australian prime ministers now. Just insert name here has been a great friend of our country for blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I particularly enjoyed the good on your pal. I like the pal at the end. I thought that was like, like the most It's like a little headlock thing. with a hair tussle. <laughs> oh, you little scamp, Scotty. Get in there, you little... Yeah. Do you reckon I mean, they're going just... um, to get all the submarines together to meet up and just touch ends with each other? 
<laughs> just somewhere in an ocean somewhere, just boop, and then they all giggle and go back. I mean, but you'd think, you'd think Joe Biden would know Scott Morrison's name because he goes to America quite a lot. He goes to Hawaii whenever anything goes wrong. Like, <laughs> they should be best buds. It did really seem like he just, um, like uh, Scott Morrison had just shown him his really good finger painting of a submarine. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great, He's great like, work, pal. Great work, little fella from down under. We're going to put that on the fridge with the rest of your homework. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, a nuclear submarine, Nina, is the easiest and safest way to get to Hawaii undetected. So this mm. is this is perfect for Scott Morrison. <laughs> Can you imagine how excited he is to have his photo taken on the submarine? I mean, oh, yeah. like, all afternoon, he'd be like, Genie, 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 I'm going to get on the submarine. I'm going to go through the door in the top. <laughs> And I'm going to get the captain's hat and I'll be at the periscope. Oh, I can't wait to have my photo taken the summary. Summary, summary. And she'll be like, just calm down, mate. Have a little snooze. <laughs> summary, summary, yay. <laughs> this week's second fear, Nicki Minaj wasn't at the Met Gala because they were only allowed vaccinated people to attend. And so she was absolutely furious that she was discriminated against. Now, the vaccine skeptic tweeted to 22 million of her followers, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend uh, became impotent and his testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision. Now I should point out that none of us here uh, on the podcast are doctors, but Nina Oyama, uh, <laughs> what do you think is going on here? <laughs> I just love Nicki Minaj and I love the way she's just a troll. Like she just knows how to stir up controversy. And I don't know if you know this, but after she tweeted that, Boris Johnson um, went on like a, into a press conference and basically said he'd never heard of Nicki Minaj, but he'd heard of this other doctor called Nicki, I can't remember their last name. And then Nicki Minaj then responded to that with a voice message um, imitating a British accent saying that she went to Oxford and is friends with Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> And it was very funny. Like, I just, she knows how to respond. I know it's part of the outrage machine, but I'm extremely here for it. The other thing, though, I reckon, I reckon the cousin's best friend is a liar. Because I reckon men will say anything to get out of breaking up with a woman. Like, they don't know how to do it because they don't know how to communicate properly. No offense to everybody in this podcast. Um, so what I reckon, I reckon he was like, oh, it's the vaccine. Like, he was due to marry this woman. And then he was like, no, it's it's the vaccine. It's made me unable to have children. Sorry. And then that news got back to Nicki Minaj's cousin, which got back to her. So you reckon he's he's two weeks out from the wedding and he's just panicked and he's like, I, I, I don't want to be here. And he's just got another pair of pants and stuffed it down the front of his pants. And she's walked <laughs> in and been like, what are you up to? And he's like, oh, my balls are swollen from the <laughs> Yeah, vaccine. it's like when girls want to get rid of boys and they'll be like, oh, it's female stuff, it's female stuff. He's like, oh, it's boy stuff. My balls are swollen. Oh. You don't want to hear about it. It's guy stuff. Also, <laughs> we can't. Guy trying to get out of PE. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure swollen balls are a really strong indication of an STD as well. So maybe that uh, he was just using that as a slight excuse to get out of the wedding perhaps. Yeah, it definitely, like, the first comment underneath that was, like, the most liked was, like, going, that guy's got chlamydia. And you're like, um, once you sort of start seeing that decision tree in reverse, you're like, a guy is engaged, but he has chlamydia, and he hasn't gotten it from his fiance, So he's gotten it from someone else. Now the woman has gone, <laughs> why do you have such big balls? And he has two, two decisions in that moment. One is to say, I've cheated on you two weeks before the wedding, or the other is to say, the vaccine gave me giant balls. 
Now, I don't know this man. I don't know him at all. But I can see a world in which he made the decision that he obviously made in which now Nicki Minaj has told everyone that chlamydia is COVID. <laughs> She's told 22 million people that our people in, in Australia are talking about on their podcast. Yeah, and she started beef with Boris Johnson. Like, she started beef with a world leader. That's next level shit. I'm nothing but respect for my my Prime Minister, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> but also, do you see that Trinidad and Tobago um, released a statement today saying we've literally gone through all of the um, people who have reported to uh, any medical staff and no one in Trinidad and Tobago has come through with big balls. So this is just, <laughs> this is literally just made we've up. We've had doctors out there with rulers. <laughs> We checked yeah. everyone. We've made sure it's true. We've had scales. We've had tiny little scales underneath every man's legs. And we can say the balls are normal. Full-blown national ball audit across TNT I, all the way. I will every say, sack has been double-checked. I will say, though, the Pfizer vaccine apparently makes your boobs bigger for, like, six weeks. So I was like, oh, maybe that's, like, what happens to guys is they just get, like, a bit of testy cleavage going on and then, like, subsides. But uh, no. Old, no. <laughs> if only testy cleavage was like an appealing thing to kind of show it and flash out in public, you know, it's like, oh, you know, your balls are big. You no, have, you know what? It should vaccine, be. Haven't you? Oh, it good should, on should you. be normalized testy cleavage, you guys. Normalized. <laughs> I do think that. Normalized. Normalise being vaccinated and having big balls as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can have big you can have big balls and you can be vaccinated. These are two things you can have at the same time. Let's not yeah. make a mistake here. Also, isn't having big balls like a good thing? Like whenever you do something that's like really brave, everyone's like, oh, they got big balls. Look at the balls on that person. They're so big. Like, isn't that a compliment? You can, you, if you have big balls, you can call the leader of another country little fella. You can do that. That's <laughs> yeah. what you can do if you got big balls. Yeah. Ironically, ironically, lying to your fiance two weeks out from the wedding is a display of tiny little balls usually. Yeah. <laughs> also, in in this scenario, like if you were had big balls, wouldn't they be full of more sperm and therefore make you more <sighs> fertile? The science doesn't check out as a doctor. <laughs> we, need to, we, need to call, we need to call Anthony Fauci. We need to get him on the line. <laughs> I think Nicki Minaj, if she did want to be taken seriously, she should just put a doctor in front of her name because I think, like, that's what a lot of rappers do, like Dr. Dre, mm. you know. <laughs> they just make it up. Just do it. She can do it. She's so big. Just say she's Dr. Nicki Minaj. Irrational fear. Nicki Minaj is today publicly linked the coronavirus vaccines to impotence. Prime Minister, how concerned are you? I'm not familiar with the works of, of Nicki Minaj. I'm actually British. I was born there. I went to university there. I went to Oxford. You're listening to A Rational Fear. This week's third fear. As New South Wales soars past its 70% first jab vaccination target, the state was allowed some freedoms, including a picnic. Yes, fully vaccinated people outside of LGAs of concern can now gather in groups of five outside and have a picnic. Heath, you are, are you bang up for this? Are you bang up for a picnic? Oh, i got to admit, when I was first told by Gladys that our treat was going to be picnics, I was like, boo, Gladys. Picnics suck. They're the worst well, who goes chocolate. On picnics? Just kidding, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't you dare. They are the best. I prefer a chomp. Oh, after school, the old chomp curly whirly double. So you have the, the curly um, whirly chomp combo is start off with the curly whirly because it's intense and then come down. The, the curly whirly methadone is always the chomp. <laughs> it's true. And they're both 99 cents. So they're like of high value. Um oh Dan, you forgot to mention that one of the sponsors of this podcast is is Bink, Big Chomp. 
curly whirly combo, right? That's one of the, un, the anonymous sponsors I'm just, of the I'm, I'm, I'm actually just remarking, like, having Heath and Nina on the podcast, Lewis and I don't have to do any work. This yeah, has been really like, wonderful. Oh, I, was, I wasn't allowed chocolate as a kid. I don't get any of these references. I'm just tapping out. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I'll make a few carob jokes down the line for yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. A carob I get. Oh, carob and mm. non-dairy milk? A yes, yeah. please. Lewis oh, is back. kale chips? Delicious after-school <laughs> snack. I remember having nut clusters. <laughs> Granola. These are all items you could probably have at a picnic, Heath. Would, would right. you, do, you, do you think this is a fine reward, having a picnic, or is it a bit bullshit? Well, like I said, I th- I've, at first I was like, boo, because like, picnics are garbage. You're on the ground like a dog, you know, or <laughs> you're, in a, you're on a picnic table, and if you're in the middle of the bench of a picnic table, the only way to get out is like backwards, like a scuba diver off a boat, just kind of, hey. And like, you know, there's nowhere to put your drink down. It's it's like there's the meat's too cold, the salad's too hot, it sucks. You know, someone spilled passiona in the esky. None of it's going right, right? But after about eight weeks lockdown in Sydney, I'm suddenly like, yeah, yeah, picnics. Yeah, I can come yeah, yeah, picnics. Right. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> we have completely different views of picnics, Heath, because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna like play cards with my friends, we're gonna drink cocktails out of like a picnic basket, and you're like I'm like a dog on the ground. I think you're just <laughs> picnicking with the wrong people, Heath. Old picnics were garbage, but now now it's like getting a chance to leave the house. I'm into picnics. I'm super into picnics. This Saturday is going to be bananas. Like this Saturday mm. is the first Saturday oh. you can have a picnic in Sydney. The weather is looking pretty nice. I've never heard more people know exactly about the weather on a certain day. Everyone's like, mm. it's looking good. It's fining up. I don't like here's what I would say. If you are a thief or a robber or a burglar, Saturday is going to be your day. No one is going to be in their house from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Go and take all the cheap TVs that people bought from Harvey Norman in lockdown while you can. You can absolutely clear out the entire city of Sydney. I've actually paid uh, several young men on Fiverr to go down to open spaces to already pre-sit where I could possibly have a picnic. So uh, I've, I, I'm really looking forward to that, you know, going down and, you know, taking my pick of the picnic places. Mm. Well, Dan, you're in Bondi and people haven't been following restrictions there anyway, have they? Uh, oh, no, man, people have <laughs> been picnicking for year, uh, weeks here. You know, actually out, outside my window I can see often people picnicking in the medium strip. Like they're, mm. they're, people come out of their houses to have lunch in the medium strip. That, that's what folks do here. Yeah, nature is healing. We are the virus. They just want to touch some grass, Dan. Just, just let them do it. Are you, wait, are you saying we're not allowed to have picnics yet? Because I've been having picnics all week. I've been no, we're allowed no, we on Monday, but this is the first Saturday. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I work in the arts. I've got nothing else to do. I've been picnicking like a boss, <laughs> just everywhere. Just all sorts of picnics. I went to. I was. I was like worn out two picnic blankets already, and then I just had pants <laughs> made out of picnic blanket material because I'm tired of carrying them around. It's actually um, such a boon for Big Blanket. If you're in the blanket game, you get ready to put a new level on your house. That's that's a level of convenience. That's a level of convenience that verges on genius, Heath. You'll ring up a Tartan company and just buy, 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 buy stocks, get into Mm. Tartan now because it's going to be massive. (laughs) I feel like all my friends have gotten into crocheting, so they've just made their own cute little blankets and they're going to show them off and Instagram them and I'm, I'm happy for them, you know. Save your, save your energy for yarn bombing, hipsters. Boo. Wow. <laughs> I haven't heard the word yarn bombing in a really long time. Yeah, back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only war you experienced, the great yarn bomb of 20, 2010. 
Uh, it went off so slowly. Heath, um, tell us some picnics that also went on. I went to a goth-themed picnic. They had a cool table uh, that looked like a coffin, uh, but that turned out to be a funeral. Um, <laughs> I joined a random picnic. Um, I was in between picnics, so I bought like a big one-litre tub of hummus as an icebreaker and just walked up to some strangers. Um, and I said, hey, it looks like you're a bro short of a picnic. And they all cheered and high-fived me and uh, just slid on in. Um, and then I went out. And I bought a convertible because a car with a roof is just a car, but a car with no roof is a mobile picnic. <laughs> and so now I can picnic on the way to other picnics. Um, I also tried to have a Yamcha picnic, but the trolley wheels kept getting caught in the grass and I ended up burning one of my friends pretty badly with a stack of um, prawn and chive dumplings. I was also going to a lot of three and four person picnics, so I set up an account on Tinder, Grinder, and Bumble just to fill out the numbers. <laughs> My avatar was a photo of a coin-operated barbecue and the profile just said, no sex, just picnic stuff. Um, Set it to a 5K radius. Boom. I went to a nitpickers picnic where we set up a picnic with other people's picnics and pointed out all the little things that were wrong with their picnics. Um, I had a Voltron picnic where I met up with the other four lions, but we weren't sure if forming Voltron constituted a sixth person, so we just decided to play it safe. Um, But then it was just a bunch of robot lions sitting in a park drinking rosé. Um, I do not understand that reference because I'm not a fucking nerd. I'll explain it to you later. You're also not 40. (laughs) Um, I was having a picnic and I saw a neo-Nazi picnic close by forming Uh, and then an Antifa picnic set up next to them as some sort of like counter picnic. And I thought this is going to get really ugly, but it didn't because picnics are very calming, Dan. They're very calming. (laughs) I really Payoff was going to be better than that, Heath. I really, I was like waiting for some kind of pun to drop, to be like mine camping chair or something. You know, yeah. Just. Uh, no. Hey, these are all these are all serves. You guys spike them how you like. You know what I mean. Uh, I did the Dylan Alcott Golden Slam tribute picnics. Yep. Which is where I went from an English picnic to a French picnic to an Australian picnic to a Japanese picnic to an American picnic and I just dominated each picnic. <laughs> <laughs> and then you did a and then you drank out of a trophy. Did you do a shoey? I didn't do it. I didn't do a shoey, no. <laughs> but I am but there's only three people that have dominated all five picnics and I'm one of them. So. <laughs> I went to a Josh Frydenberg jobkeeper picnic, which was an absolute disaster. Uh, he was all like, oh, I think 40% of the food cost X, the other 60% cost a different amount, and I saved 85% but it cost me the same. We are like, what are you talking about, Josh? You don't even know numbers, you moron. And you can all guess who was there. Guess who was there? Jerry Harvey. Jerry Harvey. Yeah. First Yay. in line. Helped himself, but then we were like, boo, Jerry, you low dog, put it back. Uh, <laughs> and then I looked over at Specsavers Plate, and they had 90 million Australian sausages. Despite posting profits for the designated period. And you oh, wrote God. this, did you? Did you write this today? Did you t- yeah. didn't edit this I, I like to think that it's improvised. Yeah. yeah, making it all up off the dome. All right, I get it. Fine. I also no, went to going, a... Keep going, keep going. No, sorry. no, you've shamed me into not doing it anymore. That's no, fine. Oh, no, no, no. Unfortunately, right, I'll do it. Right, 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 right. The <laughs> one was a real low. I'm so sorry, Heath. Oh, the rest of them were all highs. Yeah, I'm loving this mater- picnic material more yeah. than I love actual picnic material, which is tartan. <laughs> have, have a drink every time you hear the word picnic. That's my advice. <laughs> By the end of it, you'll be dead and you won't have to listen on, to my let, terrible picnic jokes. I, I think if you have a drink on, every Heath. time Come he on. says right, well, picnic, his jokes get don't, progressively don't, better. That's what I've heard. Don't let Nina bully you. 
Come on, let's go. <laughs> I went to a uh, Met Gala picnic, actually. Um, we couldn't sit down because our outfits were ridiculous. <laughs> uh, one of my mates put two surfboards in a King single fitted sheet and then got in and then stitched it shut afterwards. Uh, one of my other mates went as a letterbox phasmid, um, which is where you see a letterbox, you think it's a normal letterbox, and then you go to put letters in it and it moves and it turns out it's my mate Brendan dressed as a letterbox. <laughs> Then I did another another friend who did like a schnitzel origin story costume and um, she <laughs> lay down at some whisked egg and then rolled around at some breadcrumbs. Um, and I think it's safe to say that she misunderstood the assignment and the pigeons had a real go at her. Um, and I myself, for the Met Gala picnic, put myself into a sequined neoprene calzone, uh, which was dragged in by a pantomime pegasus. Um, Wow. I also went great. to a Norwegian <laughs> deathcore pirate metal album release picnic, if you're wondering. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Picnic Podcast on the Picnic Podcast Network. You're listening to Heath Franklin giving a list of picnics he's been to in the last four days. He's currently been to quite a few. Uh, if you want to hear, check out the podcast at irrationalfear.com. Continue, Heath, yep. Now, Heath, this does go for four more hours, right, this, these picnic bits? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time thinking about picnics. I did a lot of research. <laughs> what do you want me to do? What, what, what other picnics have you been to, Heath? Well, I was, I was actually talking about the Norwegian Deathcore Pirate Metal album release picnic when I was interrupted, which was really scary at first, but uh, actually metalheads are really nice people. And um, there was a salad there that was quite nice and I got the recipe. I, I went to a picnic too. Um, I went to a picnic where it was I was the only girl and there were the rest of them were all straight guys, um, and it was called a pick me, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It was called the Irrational Fear Podcast. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I had to. I'm sorry I talked about picnics. I had a few more, but whatevs. Oh, come on. Keep going. Tell you what, I, uh, I had a picnic with <laughs> Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend. <laughs> spent the whole thing thinking I was sitting on a beanbag, but it was actually <laughs> Nicki Minaj's friend's. Don't worry. <laughs> his balls. I was sitting on his uh, balls the whole time. Dive, yeah. Right on <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, just before the wedding. And that was the picnicy Minaj picnic, right? <laughs> That's right. The picnicy Minaj tribute ballsack picnic. Was there like a was there like a highlight? Did you have your favorite picnic? Is there is there one on the list that you wanted to share with us? No, but, uh, no, they've all been good picnics. But in my defence, <laughs> like in my defence, picnics are more versatile than I first thought. And I've also been homeschooling for about eight weeks, so I'm <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I I actually went to a picnic and um the food was all like jumbled up, like it was all like meshed into each other. It was so crazy because it was brought in a total basket case. <laughs> so I'm trying to. I'm just trying to bat with the best here. <laughs> See, picnic material's not as easy as it looks, is it? <laughs> this is a rational fear. This week, one of our Patreon members put a clip on our Discord and it was a Juice Media-style honest government ad from South Africa. It was really funny. It was informative. It was about the ways and means that the South African Energy Department go about extracting fossil fuels. And it reminded me of another country. Let's have a listen to it. Come to the country still planning to build new coal power stations, even though the banks won't finance them and the courts block them. We'll get your project started with a bang. 
just remember, Nelson Mandela said it. It always seems impossible until it's done. Aha! But you shouldn't have too much trouble here. The simple truth is, South African people don't really care about climate change. They're too busy worrying about wildfires, droughts, dirty air, and pfft, getting cancer. The massive explosion caused a large fire. They're giving us their cancer, they're giving us uh, all their sicknesses. Come to a country so in love with coal, it's literally everywhere. It is time for a Activated charcoal, my favorite flavor. The rest of the world might have dirty coal, but here in Mzansi, our coal is cleaner coal. Because we spin a fairy tale story about how we can capture coal pollution. And here in South Africa, we're masters at capturing. And get this, people believe it. Like they believe our excuses about load shedding. Even though renewable energy could have solved the problem like this. So don't delay. Call today. Come and dig up oil, gas, and coal in South Africa and hurry while stocks last. There isn't much of the country we haven't sold off yet. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now, that was so great. Like most of those things in South Africa, you could have just replaced with Australia. I mean, sure, um, Nelson Mandela we don't have one of those. You could have just replaced that with Shane Warne. But everything else was pretty similar. Uh, it comes from a satirical outfit on YouTube called Political Arway. Uh, it's one of its creators is Stephen Horn. Welcome to Irrational Fear, Stephen. Hi, Dan. Thanks so much for having me and hi to everyone else. That was really great. Like Nina Heath Lewis and I have been making satirical comedy in Australia for... 15 years, uh, well, Nina hasn't, maybe 10, 10 years, <laughs> not, not far you behind don't us. You know, you don't know me, Dan. I could have been a little baby in high school making satire. No, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think the, the point the point is like when you watch a clip like that, like so many things in that I'm like, oh, my God, that just could be Australia. <laughs> um, do, you, do you find it funny that there's a country on the other side of the world that is like going through the exact same shit you're going through? It's very funny and it's very relatable as well. Um, I think that it just goes to show how across the board these um, politicians aren't taking the climate crisis seriously. So that was, that was our vibe. It's just to throw light on that. And I, I didn't, I, I might be mistaken. This has just come to my head right now. Did you guys also have a coal plant that like blew up or something? Yeah, in Queensland about uh, six months ago, a coal plant blew, so, <laughs> blew up. That one in our video, Madupi. <laughs> it was spotted been... in front of the Telegraph that day. <laughs> yeah, no, it was perfect. Like it was like it was like this the perfect analogy. It's like fuck, South Africa is just Australia on the other side of the on the other side of the world. <laughs> I guess that's why so many South Africans went to you guys. Maybe you guys will start coming here. I don't know. Yeah, I was just going to say that that power plant that they started when they, the Madupi and Kusilia are two of the biggest coal power stations in the world that they started building clearly when they already knew that. They're going to have to shut them down pretty much once they're completed because of the climate change stuff. So they took, but they took years and years over. It, it was, I don't know, I'm thumb suck this, but it feels like about 10 years overdue or at least five. And, um, you know, billions of rands uh, over, over budget. And then uh, the week it gets launched, it blows up <laughs> to give you a sense of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> For the challenges, the challenges space shuttle of conversations. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, are you sure it wasn't blowing up from an eco terrorist blowing it up, or is it an inside job, perhaps? Well, the the running gag when we were setting up this episode, one of my co-writers, KG Mulhadi, who's a who's a really well-known South African comedian, 
uh, he just like brought it right back for us as like, you know, like uh, myself and some of my other colleagues on the show who are like quite like climate, you know, um, conscious. He's like, but like, guys, we have a lot going on here. Like to give some perspective, you know, South Africa is not Australia in, in, in many other respects when it comes to unemployment, poverty, inequality, racial difficulties that still endure after apartheid. So, you know, gender-based violence, there's a lot going on and that's kind of the running theme. So that became a theme we pulled into the video. It's like, South Africans don't care about climate change, but actually, like, we are feeling the effects. So it was playing with that and, and kind of, like, trying to make people also, like, irritate people enough to go out and protest. It's like, they're not going to share this video. Like, fuck climate change kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen... Um, I want to say, what's the like um, media coverage of climate change like in South Africa? Because a big problem in Australia is essentially that like seventy percent of the news media is dominated by um, one company. You may have heard of it. It's News Corp, um, headed by Rupert Murdoch, and they up until um, a week ago didn't believe in climate change, and all of the papers basically reflected that. Is there any kind of coverage of it in South Africa? So there is. Um, it's getting better. It has. It's definitely not anywhere near where it needs to be. Um, like given the severity of it and the fact that our country is heating twice as fast as the, uh, the planetary average. We've got droughts. We've got all these kinds of issues. I mean, uh, for me, it's... So do we. Yeah. <laughs> you know what this feels like? This feels like a first date and we've immediately just started bonding over our shared trauma. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys. It's like we're closer because we're both fucked. <laughs> it's beautiful. Just, just arms reaching across the Indian Ocean, touching each other, being like, let's go out together. <laughs> <laughs> and we we nearly like I live in Cape Town and we nearly ran out of water like not so long ago. It was yeah. like global headlines and so I can't quite fathom how fast we all sort of moved on from that. Oh, it rained, but will it rain next time? Oh, this is oh. this is I think the point where we're at now. You know, 2 years ago we had catastrophic bushfires rip through Australia, like huge bushfires. A, a, mil, a billion animals died. A billion animals. That is Tons of animals. And that was, many people thought, well, this is going to be the moment where Australians go, well, we should probably do something about climate change because it's fucked. And uh, regrettably, the COVID pandemic has kind of wiped that off the table for the meantime, but it still still lives large in people's brains. Most of the people in the electorates want to see climate action happen, but there's a lot of institutional things get in the way of that happening. Do you feel like a lot of people in South Africa want to see climate action? I think that we, we discussed this on a, on a series we did before because we've done climate, quite a, a lot of climate coverage and we do get this argument that people are like going, but why are you talking about this? It doesn't seem like a priority. But actually people who don't have a voice, rural people who are the majority of the country, don't, you know, don't have um, the necessarily use the language of climate change but are experiencing the effects. And so we tried to highlight that. And on a previous episode we did, we had like the kind of Greta Thunberg of South Africa, uh, an amazing young activist called Aya Kameli Tafa, who told us about her family's like farm, like where she's from in the Eastern Cape, where they're struggling to grow food. And like this is real problems happening right now. And so, um, yeah, I think that South Africans want to see action um, but there is an awareness problem. And I, again, like like you were talking about the media, we need a lot more media coverage of it. Have you guys tried um, putting chaplains in schools at all? <laughs> <laughs> we heard about, yeah, net zero chaplains or something. 
Just, yeah. I don't know how many chaplains we need to keep throwing at the problem, but we need more chaplains. <laughs> I'm, so glad, I'm so glad our shitty policies are uh, well known in, in Cape Town. That's good. In the clip that I've just played, afterwards you talk about this protest that's going to be happening next week, the Uproot the DMRE protest. What is that protest all about? Yeah, so Uproot the DMRE is a, is a movement that kind of draws its name. It's inspired by the hashtag uproot the system protests which are global in nature and are, are being you know pushed by the the global climate climate movement and so it's like our localized version which takes aim at the dmre which is the department of mineral resources and energy and this government department uh you guys uh you would have seen this dan <laughs> took it upon themselves to um kind of uh retweet our tweet of our video which criticizes them for not doing enough about climate change and myth busted as fake news so it's essentially like blowing the whole thing up like massively so we were like thanks guys wow they they shared your video and and tons of people will now know who you are because of that <laughs> literally skyrocketing <laughs> it into the stratosphere so <laughs> we're so grateful um but yeah so that that, that that's the that's main like target that's like if angus taylor retweeted our coal keeper campaign that would have been great if angus taylor retweeted our coal keeper campaign to say it was fake news <laughs> congratulations that's that's you can't buy that kind of publicity that's excellent exactly. you ostensibly Ostensibly, your energy minister is an influencer for you. Yes, yes, he's on our <laughs> payroll. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, the idea is that you want to get rid of your energy minister or convince the prime minister to get rid of the energy minister. Yeah. Is that right? Do you think that is is that a possibility of happening at all? Very complicated politics shenanigans behind the scenes. And but you know, our our energy minister is is kind of part of the ruling party's top top brass. So. It's a long shot, but that's kind of the point of the campaign is to say to our president, Sora Maposa, look, um, we need renewable energy, clean energy, and we need more. It's not only just about the energy. It's also about um, kind of a justice aspect and and mining. And part of, you know what I thought would interest you guys as well, hugely on that side of the world, is there's a different part of the clip. I don't think you showed it, but it's it's the three-step land extractor process. So we invent, we have this like product that comes in and it's like, you know, get your get your copy now. And it's an invitation to fossil fuel companies and mining companies to come and extract resources and fossil fuels here in South Africa, supposedly because we don't care about climate change. Um, and and that, that part of the video, the three-step process where we show how the government or the the the, the ministry has has kind of almost uh, you know colluded or they support these mining interests, you know, so that one area in the wet, in the wild coast of South Africa, a beautiful, pristine environment where local communities, um, you know, want to like they have mm. they have the connections to the land and they farm that those areas and they want to promote ecotourism and that kind of thing. They have been fighting to keep their land, but government's been putting so much pressure to actually push through a mine a titanium sands mining deal with an Australian company called Mineral Resources Limited. So if you look them up, they are so you, your mining companies are out here trying to like extract what they can get out of this is a westerners this is like a, a western australian miner he's a complete cowboy he had some time in jail for fraud or something and now works now has a shell company that works out of out of south africa to like rip apart rip apart the the wild coast of south africa yeah 
Look, Dad, if you start yelling at everyone from Western Australia who's done some prison time, you're going to be angering a lot of Western Australians. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm already, yeah. I'm already <laughs> kind of feeling the heat from uh, uh, some veiled threats from the ministry. So, um, but one of the crazy things is like, the, one of the crazy things they did is like in South Africa, you have to get, our environmental laws are actually quite good, but they don't always get like adhered to. But one of the things is you have to get community buy-in you know, to go ahead with a kind of big project, company project in your backyard. And so what is like, this is apparently what's happened and what we document in, in the video, they literally bust in people from outside the area to come and register themselves as living in that area and voting in favor of the company's ex- like explo- exploitation. So it's, it's kind of crazy stuff like that. And that's why we just knew we had to do this video because there's a lot going wrong that needs to be sorted out. Stephen, thank you so much. If you want to watch that video, it's going to be in our show notes or please head over to irrationalfear.com and we'll chuck it in the newsletter as well. Good luck with Political Our Way. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on Irrational Fear. Away, away. Thank you. Have a good one. Big thanks to all of our guests tonight, Lewis Hobber, Heath Franklin, Nina Oyama, also Greta Lee Jackson. Do you guys want to plug anything? Uh, Heath, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, I want to plug uh, picnics. as <laughs> <laughs> the thing to do. They're great. Get out, get, get out there, get into them any way you can. <laughs> Nina Oyama, what do you want to plug? Oh, um, watch Question Everything. I was on it last week and... It would be nice if people watched it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a good show. I watched it last night. It's really, really funny. Lewis, do you want to plug anything? Nothing from me, Dan. Steven, what, do you, what have you got to plug? <laughs> I guess just politically aware. So check us out on YouTube. And uh, to spell aware, which, by the way, is a South African word meaning hello or acknowledging someone, it's A-W-E-H, politically aware. Please subscribe. Now, Ju- Juice Media has a term that they coined called shitfuckery. Is there a is there an Afrikaans version of shitfuckery? I had to ask my Afrikaans colleague because I'm not fluent, unfortunately. But he gave me uh, <laughs> he gave me kak fokere. <laughs> Afrikaans word for, for shit is kak, and I looked up the definition because it's interesting. A kakistocracy is is this feels like what we have here sometimes, which I think is the Oh, like a shitocracy. A kakistocracy <laughs> is a government by the least suitable or competent citizens of a state. <laughs> That's what you guys That's have. So we have so much in common. Just like twins. Guys, we need to have a second date. This, this is, is too, too good. good. <laughs> We're going to get married. <laughs> Big thanks to Road Mike's The Bertha Foundation, Jacob Round on the Teppanyaki Timeline, all of our new Patreon supporters this week, Belinda Noble from Communicators Declare, Max Nichols, Leanne Minchel, uh, who's running for the Senate, Gay Athari, Arnold, Maureen Chuck, Helen, uh, Lindy Corp One, Danny, Peter Webster, Marianna Hendren, and some guy named George just signed up off the basis of the 11am press conference. He wants a special shout out at the next 11am press conference. So big thank you, George. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. And what we'll do is I'll leave you with last week's 11 a.m. press conference so you can have a listen to it. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Thanks, everyone. Okay, great. First of all, can I say how pleasing it is to hear so many people in this apartment block yell at apartment number two for playing Arctic Monkeys Do I Want to Know on loop at 3am last night. It is so pleasing to hear everybody join in with a collective shut up. That's really important and please we want to see more of that behaviour in this apartment block so thank you for that. 
As of 8 p.m. last night, we have seen three new episodes of Ted Lasso and two new episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Those episodes had already existed in the community and we are just catching up to them now. So what we want to do is be able to see more of those episodes sooner. But we realize there is a limit to how many streaming services people can sign up for. But as a little treat, there will be more episodes of Succession for those who persist longer than the two-week trial that Binge is offering currently. So that's something to look forward to for everyone that's on Binge. Um, as is the health advice, we have been going to the toilet a lot more often, but please, can I, I just want to remind people, if you are doing a number two, please, please close the door after you to avoid airborne contaminants affecting the living space. This is a real issue, so please, please keep that door shut, okay? For lunch today, it will be a spinach and tuna salad, as is the health advice. Uh, I just want to stress here, I just want to stress that it can be tempting to order a Portuguese chicken chili chips and solo combo from the local shop and have it delivered, but it, it is, it, that's fine in normal times, but it's not conducive to the long-term sustainability of someone that's been in lockdown um, for over 10 weeks, okay? You just can't keep that up. So tuna and spinach it is today. Now, can I say, uh, on the weekend, we did witness about 12,000 people down at Bondi Beach, just a few blocks from here, but the numbers have it that 9,000 of those people were from the Daily Mail and Channel 9 taking photos of everyone else. So please, if you do have to go to Bondi Beach, please wear a mask so you aren't identified by Sydney Confidential, okay? All right, now we'll take your questions. I've got some here from Twitter. Um, Climate Patriot. Why have I never seen you in the same room as John Lovitz and David Mitchell? Well, uh, Climate Patriot, this is an offensive question, okay? Um, and I'm not going to answer it, okay? Murray Waper, what time does Dan Murphy's open? Look, across most LGAs, it's, um, it's 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., um, but there are some LGAs that do it differently. So Guildford, Randwick, North Ride, you're looking at 10 a.m. opening. In Mossman, it's a different closing time, 7 p.m. Uh, and they do that because you can't trust rich white people you give them an inch, they take a mile, and they build a hedge around that mile, and no one's allowed to walk there. Okay. Gary Moore, why do we put an extra X in anti-vaxxers? Look, Gary, that was a decision taken at National Cabinet. Um, the Federal Health Minister wanted uh, to put three Xs in there, triple X, as is his want. The Premier's, we just thought one was enough. Um, so we met halfway. That's why there's, there's two in anti-vaxxers. Okay. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, Guido Tisoldi. What is the philosophical significance of Gödel's theorems? Look, we, I think we all know um, Gödel was a brilliant thinker, but he wasn't a mainstream thinker. He had a lot of gaps in his theorem. Um, it's safe to say his, his theories have more gaps than a, a block of Swiss cheese. Um, so that's that. Wilco asks, what's for lunch? Like we said in the briefing, spinach and tuna, Wilco, that is the current plan, uh, taking the best advice from health there, okay? Kim Fitzgerald, why is there air? Look, Kim, um, the air is here, Kim. Okay, um, we're committed to air. Uh, and can I just stress, there are some in the press uh, who say we should get rid of air. You know, you get rid of the air, get rid of the virus. But uh, that's not going to happen, okay? Air is necessary for life. And the current advice from health is that we must make air mandatory. Okay, thanks, Kim. 
Uh, Peter Credlin asks, do you scrunch or fold? Look, it is a tough question and the advice currently is to do whatever you can do in front of you. Uh, there is research still being done. Currently, we're doing both. We are scrunching and folding. Uh, but if all you have is the ability to scrunch, then scrunch. If you are waiting for someone to teach you how to fold, we don't suggest that at all. Scrunch now, you can learn to fold later. Okay? Now is the time to scrunch. Okay? You can't be fussy about scrunching or folding. All right. Miss Wolfie Wolf asks, are we there yet? No. No. All right. Thanks very much, everyone. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.